The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, guys? The Week 8 Deep Dive Review episode of the Bearstock Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. No more baseball, no more hockey, no more NBA, but we still got plenty of football. We got the UFC uh, and everything else we got going on right now. And you may not be able to make it out to any of these events, but Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. And here we are to close the book on week number eight. Um, we got our knee-jerk reactions, and we have a bit more context into what the hell Javon Wims was thinking or retaliating against or whatever you want to call it uh, to for him to just lose, could just f- go completely outside of his mind and attack some guy uh, in the middle of the field in in full view of everyone that was there. So we got plenty to talk about, plenty to get to. So let's go ahead and dive into it. It's the week eight review episode of the Bear Stalk Underground, so let's get to it. I was really hoping that my lucky number eight would restore the luck to the Bears and their winning streak, but uh, it was not to be uh, after a poor performance. Uh, an abysmally bad performance across the board. Special teams, offense, defense against the Rams. The Bears had an opportunity to redeem themselves against the New Orleans Saints at home, and it was another valiant effort, um, one led mostly by the defense. Uh, Cairo Santos, uh, another outstanding uh, football game for him with three field goals, including a 51-yarder into the wind. Um, just an outstanding job from him, but again, it was the offense that let us down and, um, you know, they, they, they made some plays in some big, in some big moments, but they didn't make enough plays and we fall short, uh, to the saints to fall five and three at the midway point of the season. So it was, uh, you know, a disappointing outcome, a just mind numbingly frustrating game to sit back uh, and watch for the defense to just keep us in this football game when, you know, they could have let us down at any moment and let this game get away from us. But, you know, they're better than that. You know, they had some lapses as well. They missed opportunities uh, to intercept Drew Brees twice uh, in the overtime. I talked about it a lot in the Bear Up, Bear Down uh, episode yesterday. But, you know, overall, it was because the defense that we had a shot at overtime, and it was because of the defense that we were still in this ball game uh, in in those moments at the end of the uh, regulation. So, 
I got to do nothing but but you know pat the defense on the back. That obviously they could have been better, but in order to be better, they would have had to be perfect. So, and uh, they're already overcompensating for an extremely imperfect offense. There's only so much we can ask them to do, and right now, help keeping us in each game is pretty much, I think, the most that we can do, as far as the most we can ask of them at the moment. Uh, in 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 reality, uh, we're all that you know. They're already doing enough, to be honest with you. So it's time for the offense to figure it out, figure out whatever they need figuring out, and and help this defense out because it's it's starting to look like 2019 all over again where you know the defense is a top five scoring defense it's a top 10 uh unit i think they were number 10 going into the into the saints game and you know the offense 32nd in rushing dead last in the league in rushing uh 29th overall uh in the nfl so i mean it's just the the contrast is is extreme is is what it is it's one end of the uh, spectrum to the other. So, uh, you know, we need to find something in the middle. I mean, it just think about the, the team in 2013, that super explosive offense that we had in Trestman's first year uh, as head coach, and we had one of the worst defenses in football. I mean, what did we say all year long and in the years to follow? If we had even a mediocre, you know, like 20th-ranked offense as a po- – or excuse me, defense – as opposed to the 32nd, we would have been a playoff team, hell, maybe even a championship contender. And I'm, you know, kind of like I feel like like the inverse here is is true. We have a championship caliber defense um, that has its lapses probably due more to exhaustion and being on the field more than they should be uh, than anything else, to be honest with you. We have our flaws in run defense. That's obvious. But, you know, overall, it's it's a top-flight defense that – is the envy of most of the teams uh, in the league. And if we just had a mediocre offense, not even a good one or a great one, if, if we had a middle-of-the-pack, like 16-17-ranked uh, offense, we probably would be 7-1 and one right now or something like that. It just Those are the facts. Those are absolutely the facts. We're 5-3, and three and we have arguably the worst offense in football definitely the most inconsistent offense in football and we're five and three at the halfway point and i think we're still in the playoffs right now i haven't seen where that third loss puts the bears as far as the uh the seedings and everything uh in the nfc but losing that game cost us an opportunity to take over first place in the division because the vikings beat the packers yesterday rather handily which makes me nervous about that monday night game in a couple of weeks dalvin cook murdered the packers so it's like these last these next two weeks we got derrick henry and then we got dalvin cook before the bye we very well could be a five and five team going into the break i mean that's just that's ugly it's ugly if if dalvin cook goes off on us the way he did against green bay it'd be a very long monday night for us and if i'm not mistaken we're going to be wearing those stupid orange jerseys on Monday night as well. So not only will we play horribly, we'll look ridiculous at the same time. So um, anyway, let's dig into this. Uh, let's dig into this game. Uh, rant over uh, for the moment. Uh, anyway, you know, we, we come into this game hoping that we're going to see some kind of life uh, in this team. You know, something that we did just did not see uh, against the Rams for whatever 
reason, whether it was the the long road trip or or whatever the case may be. Um, We just didn't have it against the uh, Rams and hoping to see some form of whatever it was that got us to five and one uh, against the Saints. And it was kind of a back and forth first quarter, nothing spectacular, nothing uh, great. But, you know, at least we weren't getting blown away off the you know from the very beginning like we did against los angeles i mean it pretty much looked like from the beginning this was going to be la's night there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. And we were just going to be playing catch-up all night long. At least after the end of the first quarter with the Saints, you felt like it was going to be a ball game. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Saints. And uh, not much really to report. Uh, the Bears bend but don't break. On the opening drive for the Saints, uh, give up a field goal. Nothing really significant that the Saints did. They were just able to move the chains. The Bears weren't able to uh, get the Saints off the field on third down in the early opportunities. Finally shut down literally at the red zone, like right at the 20-yard line. The Saints kick a field goal to go up 3-0. The Bears answer. We come down the field, um, you know, Doing what we do, you know, short passes, a few uh, staggered run uh, attempts, a really surprising call on third and eight. Uh, the Bears in the shotgun handed off to Montgomery, who the Saints had dead to rights in the backfield or right at the line of scrimmage. David Montgomery, who they showed a graphic that says leads the league in broken tackles, broke two and managed to get nine on third and eight to extend the drive. He did it all by himself because offensive line completely let him down uh, on that play. And, of course, Matt Nagy calling a delayed run on, uh, 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 on third and eight. Brilliant call. Um And it's just, you know, just watching the offensive line, we've lost Bobby Massey. Who knows for how long he got rolled up uh, early in the Bears' uh, opening drive there. So Jason Spriggs in at right tackle now. Uh, Rashad Coward uh, did a beautiful pirouette when he bit horribly 
on a twist that the uh, the Saints did that led to a sack that killed uh, our drive. It was on second down, so we went from like second and four or something like that to like third and fourteen or something insane like that because. Coward bit so poorly on the fake that when Davenport looped around to the inside, he had a clear path uh, to Nick Foles. Uh, I was like, I don't know what Rashad Coward is doing in practice or what Alex Bars isn't doing in practice, that Rashad Coward is the one they keep out there. But I, I can't for the life of me figure it out. Rashad Coward has been nothing but a failed experiment as a converted defensive lineman. So... The good news is it's 3-3. Three to three. We're a tie ball game after one, and uh, the Saints are in Bears territory. We'll see how it goes from here. So right off the bat, it wasn't pretty uh, for the offense. We lose Bobby Massey. Uh, Rashad Coward is an embarrassment uh, as an offensive lineman. I mean, that, that, that pirouette that I was talking about is, was, uh, oh, man, it was sad. It was absolutely, I mean, he did everything wrong on that play. You know, not only did he not show any awareness for the incoming twist, because, you know, you got to communicate, you know, as a former offensive lineman. I know you guys love it when I say that over and over again. You know that when your guy is running across your face and, you know, is taken by the other guy, you got to say twist or turn or, you know, whatever the whatever the word is on on the line of scrimmage. You got to know that the other guy is coming. But instead, Rashad turned completely, like basically, like, like literally like opening the door. Like he was a closed door and then turned completely. He's an open door and opened the path for Davenport. I don't even think he saw him run past him uh, on a clear path to uh, Nick Foles for a big loss that did uh, kill our opening drive. The Bears were moving the football. Uh, we were in field goal range and, and, and looking to... Uh, take our opening drive into the end zone and Rashad Coward and his incompetence killed all that noise, you know, in, in a very short order. So, um, you know, I was listening to the Hogan Johns podcast uh, this morning, and it's nice to know that I'm not the only one who can't figure out what Rashad Coward is doing in practice or what Alex Bars isn't doing in practice to ge- to be the one that keeps going out there. You know, they're like in agreement with me that after the Carolina game, we should have never seen Rashad Coward out there uh, again. Like, why did he start in the first place? Because Alex Bars was the first one off the bench when James Daniels got hurt against Tampa Bay. Like, it's still a mystery of the of the universe as to what it is that Rashad Coward is doing or Alex Bars isn't that's got him out there instead. So uh, hopefully that's something that gets corrected this week because Rashad Coward is not progressing at all. He's not progressing uh, at all. We were all, you know, kind of patting him on the back last year coming in for for Kyle Long. And, you know, he wasn't great. He was serviceable. He wasn't as he wasn't as noticeably bad as he has been this year. I mean, it's been really, really bad for Rashad Coward. And I don't know if it's because he's playing on the left side and the left side is like the moon to somebody who's only been learning the play on the right side. Um you know, I, I had experience like that with, as well. Like when I was in high school, I was the left tackle. When I went to college, because I'm not over six feet tall, I was uh, obviously uh, converted to a guard, and they wanted me on the right side, and the right side was like the other side of the moon uh, to me. You put your hands down different, your footwork is different, uh, the whole nine yards. So I empathize with Rashad Coward if that is the case, but, you know, 
<laughs> Juan Castillo, Matt Nagy, you guys need to figure this out, man, because he is killing us week in and week out now. I mean, it's it's getting really, really bad uh, with Rashad Coward. But, um, you know, like, so he single-handedly killed that opening drive. We had to settle for the uh, field goal. But, you know, like I was saying in, in the reaction, nothing spectacular, nothing, you know, out of the ordinary or, you know, nobody was really doing anything that we didn't see coming or, you know, that we didn't need to, uh, you know, make any super crazy adjustments uh, over. And, and going into the second quarter, you know, it, it seemed like the Bears were, were, were imposing their will uh, on, the, uh, on the Saints. And then the last few minutes of the second quarter happened, and the defense had its biggest laps of the game, in my opinion. And we let the Saints back into this ball game and kind of set the groundwork for the disaster that was the third quarter. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears, Saints. Um, some good, some bad here. Uh, mostly good up until the last couple of minutes of the second quarter. Uh, the Bears... Um, Remember how Ross Jackson was telling us in the preview show how that the Saints are susceptible to big plays? Well, on one drive in the second quarter, we rattle off two of them in like three plays. A 50-yard deep ball to Darnell Mooney down the middle of the field to get us deep in Saints territory. And then two plays later, Allen Robinson, 24-yard touchdown in the corner of the end zone, made an outstanding catch, had to fully extend for it and everything to put the Bears up 10-3. to Um... Later on, David Montgomery broke a 38-yard run, uh, you know, just up the gut, like ran right up the gut, boom, broke the line of scrimmage, was off to the races. And he kind of looked like Mitch did on that big 45-yard run he had against the Falcons where he was just kind of looking around as almost as if to say, y'all can see I'm still running, right? Did the whistle blow and I missed it? Or, you know, what's going on? I'm not supposed to be running. It's like by the time he got done running, we're usually breaking the huddle on the next play or something like that. Like that it's like that's how long he was running there uh 38 yard gain got the bears in position to kick another field goal to go up 13 to 3 and then the bad came in we kicked the ball over to the saints with about you know two and a half minutes something like that to go uh in the half if, if it was even that much i think it was actually under two minutes we give the ball back to the saints they drive the length of the field got a lousy uh pass interference call on kyle fuller there uh, in the end, it was totally bogus call. Uh, but nonetheless, the last two plays of the drive, uh, Jared Cook was wide open down the middle of the field. On the first one, Breeze threw it behind him. On the second one, coming from the other side this time, wide open in the middle, like nobody within five yards of him, he catches the ball for the touchdown to make it 13-10 to 10, uh, just before the half. Um, bad news uh, Jason Spriggs came in for Bobby Massey, uh, who I said got hurt in the first quarter. Don't know what's going on with Massey yet. They were checking out Spriggs' knee. Uh, the good news is that Spriggs going down got Alex Bars into the game. The bad news is it got Rashad Coward moved over to right tackle. Let's hope that um, the fact that Rashad Coward had been you know, practicing and learning everything on the right side will help. Uh, him that he'll be more familiar he'll feel more at home on the right side at right tackle uh, or hopefully Jason Spriggs just needs a uh, a quarter zone shot and he'll come back in after the half because he was actually playing uh, pretty well uh, in relief of uh, Bobby Massey but um, 
We start with the football. We have a three, uh, 13 to 10 lead on the Saints right now. And I hope that we just straight run the offense when we come back out. You, know, you guys have heard my beefs against, uh, definitely against Tampa Bay. Um, just like coming out, just trying to Tampa Bay and Carolina. Uh, both came out just trying to do like gadget plays, catching them off guard, blah, blah, blah. We've seen the Saints are susceptible to big plays. You want to do something cute? Try to get Darnell Mooney wide open down the middle of the field again, see if we can't pop one off on the first play from scrimmage. Other than that, we're doing better running the football today. God only knows why, but we are. And let's see if we can run the ball a little bit. Something. Just straight run the offense, move the chains, maybe put another field goal on the board at the least to try to put the pressure on the Saints to try to match us because the Bears' defense is doing fairly well against them except for the soft coverage crap that we were doing um, right before the half. So we're up 13-10. to 10, We get the ball back. Hopefully we can start strong and uh, finish out with a victory against the Saints. <coughs> and with the way our defense was playing, none of that seemed out of the realm of possibility uh, at the time. And with the way that the offense... Uh, played uh, in the second quarter, you know, moving the football down the field, the big plays, uh, the big 38-yard run uh, from David Montgomery. And it just seemed like that was the beginning. Now that I go back and I look at it, I'm, I'm looking at the the plays in that drive. You know, Montgomery uh, breaks that 38-yard run, gets us all the way down to the 14-yard uh, line uh, for the Saints. First and 10 from the 14 one-yard run uh, to Montgomery. Uh, second down, Foles, short left pass to uh, Ryan Nall for two yards. All of a sudden, we're getting Ryan Nall involved in the offense. Uh, third down, incomplete to uh, Montgomery across the middle of the field. So it's like we just – that was the beginning of the end of, of for the offense. Having that big 38-yard run was basically – us uh, blowing our wad uh, there because our offense didn't really show up again uh, until the uh, until the fourth quarter when we absolutely had to make the plays in the fourth quarter because as usual we didn't score points in the third quarter and you know like I said what really seemed to kill us uh, unfortunately is as much as I've been touting uh, the defense and how well they played uh, coming out and um, you know, playing the soft coverage, the prevent defense, whatever you want to call it, uh, just before the half on the two-minute drill for the Saints. I mean, you, you can't do this with the Saints. This is Sean Payton. This is Drew Brees. They're going to dink and dunk. They're going to take what they give us. They had plenty of time. When we kicked that field goal, there was still a buck 39 left in the, in the, in the half. A buck 39. So a minute and a half, minute 40 uh, to go. Uh, in the half, and I think they still had two timeouts, if not all three of them, uh, going into that drive. So you got two timeouts, maybe three, and a buck thirty-nine is forever uh, for the Saints. And they took advantage of it fully. They drove the ball down the field. They took five yards here, ten yards there, uh, all that kind of stuff. Actually, let me pull up this drive. Nine plays, sixty-eight yards for it. You know, first down. Uh, pass to Jared Cook for 11 yards. Uh, second down was the strip sack. Was the first of our opportunities, I think, to get a fumble from Breeze. We don't recover it. The Saints do. So that was a missed opportunity. Uh, third down and 13. Uh, a pass to Kamara for 12 yards. So we give him 12 on third and 13. Fourth and one. Run to the left for Kamara. Seven yards. I mean, that was really, you know, that one sucked right there. That one hurt. 
Uh, first and 10, pass for four yards. Second and six, eight yards on second and six. So we're first down again. Breeze, and, and here's where we really, uh, um, you know, we, we uh, this is the, the penalty that I talked about uh, for Kyle Fuller. Uh, initially, it was called illegal contact. It wasn't. Um, and then it was because the ball was in the air at the time, it became pass interference. So instead of like a five-yard penalty, which would have put them at the 24-yard line, it's a spot foul, so now they're at the 16. And this is where we really screwed up because the first play, Jared Cook was wide open down the middle, but Drew Brees missed him. And then on the second play, they just ran the same play from the opposite side, still wide open uh, again, a gimme of a touchdown for the Saints and basically right there I in my opinion that's where we lost the game we lost the game right there because we gave up that touchdown before halftime I mean you know and I know that the um you know the, the Saints scored another 13 points uh in this ball game but uh or they scored another 13 points in regulation and you know th- that's what really kind of you know killed us but to be honest with you if we buckle down on this and at you know at most give up a field goal, we're looking at a completely different ball game. It's thirteen to six at halftime instead of thirteen to ten. When the Saints come out in the third quarter and you know they kick a field goal, they're not tying the game. It's thir- it's six it's thirteen to nine, not thirteen to six. You guys see how this is starting to uh, pile up. That touchdown was murder in the end. That's basically, in my opinion, where we lost. Uh, the football game so it's like the poorest drive of the season excuse me not of the season of the game for the defense I think is what ultimately uh, did us in so instead of a you know a 10 point lead or god forbid a seven point lead uh, going into the half it's a three point lead so the Saints have some life and you know hoping that we could figure out how to you know make some adjustments and come out and do something significant uh, in the third quarter, I mean, the, the our performance in the third quarter very well could cost Matt Nagy his job because it's cliche, but it's also true that the most important drives in the game are the first drive in the first half and the first drive in the second, and we don't show up in the first drive of the second half. It's happened. It's a chronic issue for this football team. We haven't done it once this year. I mean, the touchdown that we did score against Carolina was not our first drive of the second half. Uh, I think it was our, actually our second or third. Nonetheless, it's just when we need to show up, we don't. We absolutely don't. And we, we come out cold in the second half, and we end up playing catch-up. Now, God bless Matt Nagy for being able to keep his team um alive for keeping them motivated keeping them you know in the game so that we persevere and do things like we did in the fourth quarter of this game but then the third quarter of this one we could not have started any worse it could not have gone any more worse than it could have if i mean the only thing that would have that could have gotten worse and and might have actually been a bit more merciful on the part of the saints was the two field goals they kicked in the third quarter if they'd have just scored touchdowns and put us out of our misery then we wouldn't have had to sit there and sweat bullets through the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, the defense was a little too tough for that, uh, was bending and not breaking. And, um, you know, the Saints were were keeping us in the game by doing that or by, you know, but the defense was keeping us in the game 
by by doing that. But uh, overall, uh, the third quarter was. Oh hey guys, taking a quick awful. break and from the show the to thank our sponsors once again, well. starting with Bet Online. You know, baseball season, NHL, NBA, all in the books, but we still got plenty for you to get in on with uh, Bet Online. You got football, college, and pro. You got the UFC. Tons to get after with, and and uh, Bet Online is going the extra mile right now to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, snags, and tugs on those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. I said all that in one breath. How about that? Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? It might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering a maximum confidence experience uh, while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, and it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs in our holes looking nice. Once again, 20% off and free shipping with with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds, and let's get back to the show. Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears and Saints, and straight up, this was a complete clusterfuck of a quarter for the Bears. It is a miracle that we are in the spot that we're in right now after what we just put on the field for the last 15 minutes. The offense didn't try to get cute on that opening drive, thank God. We just uh, couldn't get a first down, punt the ball back to the Saints. Um, The Saints have only added, uh, they've added two field goals in this quarter. So they're up 16 to 13 right now. But we have done everything that we could to give the Saints the ball game in this quarter. Penalty, I mean, just a disastrous start to the half. You know, that that lousy drive on first, uh, when we started with the ball again. We had third and short. Um, We had a delay of game that made third and four, third and nine. Then Foles gets sacked. 
We have to punt the ball. Their returner damn near runs the thing back on us, and the defense holds to make it 13-13. Then on the next drive, Javon Wims just lost his mind. Just There's no other way to explain it. I mean, even if it was him defending Anthony Miller, like the guy that he just decided to start punching in the face put his finger in Anthony Miller's face earlier in the game. Like, I don't know if that's what that was about, but he did the whole thing with uh, Michael Crabtree and, and that uh, the DB where he like looked like he ripped the chain off of him and then punched him in the face not once but twice. Always a great idea when the guy you're punching in the face is wearing a fiberglass helmet with an iron uh, face mask. Always a great idea. Uh, he gets ejected. Big surprise. That knocks the Bears back 15 yards from where they were. We give the ball back to the Saints. And again, it's the defense and the defense alone is the reason why we're in this game. It's 16-13. to 13. The Saints kicked the field goal. We should be out of this game completely. It should be 24 to 13. We should be grasping for life right now. The defense is keeping us in this. They just flipped the field by stopping the Saints on fourth and one. We're in Saints territory now with the football. Let's see if we can salvage this thing. And it was only because of the defense and what they had done, especially in that first defensive drive uh, of the first half, that I would even entertain the idea of us, quote unquote, salvaging. Uh, this thing uh, because like I said that opening drive first play of the drive a nine yard pass to Anthony Miller great second play four yard run to David Montgomery all right we're in business now all right then the uh, then the third play is the um, uh, let's see oh it was a a penalty I think because we were second and five no a five yard pass to Darnell Mooney and then a one-yard run to David Montgomery. So it's third and four, like I mentioned. Then we had the delay of game penalty that made it third and nine. Then we get sacked on third and nine. And uh, then we have like a, a illegal formation uh, penalty, backs us up five more yards. And then we, we punt, and the kid runs it back. A 45-yard punt is run back 42 yards. So we had a plus three uh, field position change on that one. And then the next drive for the Saints is four plays for seven yards. They started with the football at the Bear, I think, 14 at the 16-yard line. Okay. They weren't able to get a first down. The Bears shut them down, forced the field goal. Like I said, that was the only reason, the way the defense was just absolutely shutting them down, the only reason that I had any optimism about us making this into a ball game uh, in the fourth quarter that was it and um the the thing with Javon Wims was like after the field goal first play of the drive five yard pass to Allen Robinson and then all hell broke loose um you know Javon Wims goes up to um Gardner Johnson I believe was the player that he hit and um if what I've heard today is true I'm even more pissed today than I was yesterday when I thought it might be out of some misguided loyalty or, or, or you know, brotherhood with his teammates. Uh, if he was, you know, like my theory in the knee-jerk reaction was that it looks like video evidence that we had that he was defending Anthony Miller. Still stupid and inappropriate for the moment. Um, 
But if what I've heard today is true, then it's even worse because <laughs> the there's a, a Twitter thread out there that I've seen with uh, video evidence showing Gardner Johnson tearing the mouthpiece off of Javon Wims's face mask, ripping it off the face mask and then throwing it into the backfield. And then the, the thread continues to show like um, – <laughs> Like uh, Foles is in the shotgun and the mouthpiece is on the floor or on, on the on the field on the turf uh, in front of him. We have like a five yard penalty to back us up or something like that. And OK, so now we're actually standing on uh, the mouthpiece and he had to go a whole drive before. Um, and this was like the first drive of the second half is when that's that took place, when the mouthpiece offense took place against Javon Wim. So he had to wait until the Saints got the ball back, kicked the field goal. We get the ball. Next drive is when Javon Wims made his move like he was a mafia hitman or something, you know, just doing it out in broad daylight. Plenty of witnesses. He just, you know, like he just didn't care who saw what he did or anything like that. He goes up to him. And, and like I said, uh, in the bear up and bear down show, like I said, in the knee jerk reaction, I thought he was ripping the chain off of, uh, Gardner Johnson instead he was returning the favor in going for the mouthpiece I don't know if he got the mouthpiece uh and then hit him not once but twice first he kind of just like slapped him across the face mask okay and then the second one he hauls off and just punches him uh in the head with his face mask and like I said in the in the knee jerk it's always a good idea um to punch a guy in the face while he's wearing a fiberglass helmet with an iron face mask, especially when you need your hands to make your living. I mean, that's just, you know, always a fantastic uh, idea. Uh, verdict has come down. The NFL was swift in their justice. A two-game suspension for Javon Wims, and um, not surprised. Uh, I am, however, surprised that Javon Wims still has a job. Uh, Matt Nagy talking about in his press conference how uh, he had a chance to talk to Javon and how he's, you know, um, uh, not really going to get into what it was and blah, 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 and so on. But he's very, you know, um, apologetic. He feels bad and so on and so forth. Um, then it's like the NFL suspended him for two games. And the only thing that pissed me off more than what Javon Wims did is hearing that he's going to appeal the suspension. Don't do it. Don't appeal the suspension. Take the two games, come back if you still have a job, and do what you can, you know, redeem yourself. And, um, you know, I just, and if you're out there, and I know he's got people that are backing him on this. If you're out there and you're one of those people that is like happy with what Javon Wims did, but will somebody on this offense has some some life in them, you are an idiot. You are an idiot. This is stupid. It was selfish. It didn't spark the offense or spur him on to a better performance. It actually began our spiral in the third quarter where, like I said in the knee-jerk reaction, it is a miracle that we're still in this game. It is a miracle that our that our you know that this football game is encircling the bowl right now. And this was before we got the, this was before the Saints took the second drive of the fourth quarter and put it in the end zone to make it 23 to 13. 
before we really thought it was over. You know, it just, it just, it, it did nothing. It it served no purpose other than for him to get some kind of revenge uh, against uh, Gardner Johnson. And honestly, I, you know, and I've heard that this that Gardner Johnson, this is the player that Michael Thomas, his own teammate, punched in the face in practice uh, a few weeks ago. So obviously, this guy knows how to push people's buttons. If he could get one of the best receivers in football and his own teammate to haul off and punch him in the face in practice. So this is what this guy does. He is a chattermouth and knows how to push people's buttons and uses that. I mean, it's got him this far. Uses that to get an advantage over his opponent. And his advantage in this situation was pushing the buttons of Javon Wim too much, so much to the point that he forgot that he was on a football team that needed his help. You know, he just completely lost his mind uh, on that play. And um, like I said, it began a series of events that was disastrous for the Bears. And if not for the defense, would have been 10 times worse. Just would have been so much worse. So, but we survived the third quarter only down by three. We go into uh, the fourth quarter. Things don't look good. Um, it just I don't know what it is about the third quarter with this team. Matt Nagy seems to be at a loss for it as well in the uh, press conference uh, comments that I heard after the game uh, on Sunday. You know, it just uh, it, it, it baffles him. He, sa- he sounds like Tressman. I hate to say it, but he sounds like Tressman. He's like, I don't know what happened. Uh, we, you know, it, it's the only thing that's missing is the uh, we had a great week of practice. I don't know what happened when we would go out there and get our asses handed to us by literally every opponent we had in 2014. We had a great week of practice. I don't know what happened. I'm like, Well, I would like to see what your standard for great practices is if that's what we're putting on the field on Sunday. So, um, you know, he's like, I'm going to have to take a look at the film and see what happened. Um, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I was I was looking down. He was calling plays when the Javon Wins, uh, Wims incident took place. He didn't see it. And at that point, um, he still hadn't seen it. He just knew what Javon did and got himself ejected. So, you know, all these things that he would have been well aware of, he would give the play calling duties to someone else and coach the team. He'd be aware of everything that was going on as opposed to uh, burying his nose into that stupid placard of his to uh, call a play that won't work. So um, we move on uh, to the fourth quarter. And like I said, it did not start out well. We gave up another touchdown to the Saints and what seemed like a dagger, especially after the third quarter that we had put together uh, just before. But, you know, <laughs> call it whatever you want. But we, we managed to, to come back and put the necessary points on the board to send this thing to overtime for better or for worse. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Saints and... I, I don't get this team at all, man. I don't get it. I thought we were done. The Saints went up 23-13. to 13. Uh, They just, I mean, we battle back. We score a touchdown. Um, <laughs> I just can't get, I can't wrap my head around it. I honestly can't. Um, I can tell you what happened, but I can't explain it. You know, I really can't. We have looked as bad as we could on offense our defense has really really kicked ass today man they've really done everything they could to keep us in this thing um they shut the uh, the saints down on their last drive to give us a shot with the football we were able to get it downfield even though we tried many times 
to give this thing away. We managed to put Cairo Santos in position to kick a 51-yard field goal, and we are now going to overtime. Watching the coin toss right now to see how it goes. And, you know, like I said, I, I could tell you what happened. I just can't explain it. It doesn't make any sense. Saints won the toss. They're going to get the football. Here we go. Now, can the defense do it again? Because if we stop the Saints, all we need is a field goal to win it. Let's see if we can get it done. You want to know what the real kick in the balls is? We did. We did get it done. We did shut them down on their first play, on their first drive of the, uh, of the overtime period. Seven plays, 25 yards, and it just got the Saints from our 35-yard uh, line. Or, excuse me, just got the Saints from the 25, you know, basically to midfield. So it, it put us in bad field position uh, for our drive, but we stopped him short, and we missed the first of two opportunities to run it back for a touchdown. Uh, Drew Brees tried to squeeze one in to, to Jared Cook. Um, Roquan Smith, who was everywhere uh, yesterday, ended up being our MVP for the game uh, yesterday. He was there. He was there. The ball hit him right in the hands. He should have caught the ball and taken it back the other way. You know, I don't know if he scores. Maybe Jared Cook slows him down immediately after he catches the football. But that p- puts us most likely in Saints territory. Uh, let me see if I can find the uh, find the play. Um, short gun, short middle to Jared Cook. No, he caught that one. We're looking for an incomplete pass. There it was. Second and twelve at the forty at the New Orleans forty-five yard line. So it was an incomplete pass, short to the right uh, to Jared Cook, and that would have been the play where you know. So if New Orleans is starting at the forty-five, so maybe Roquan catches that pass at midfield. We need a, f- a couple of first downs, and Cairo Santos is the one out there trying to uh, win us the football game. Instead, um, you know, we missed our opportunity. And, and, you know, what's really funny is that two plays prior to that, Alvin Kamara fumbled the football, and we didn't get it back. We did not recover it. So we had two chances, two chances on that first drive of overtime to get the football and to you know to to force a turnover which we didn't do in all of regulation force a turnover and have the ball in Saints territory where we needed a first down maybe two in order to put ourselves in in uh, Cairo Santos's uh field goal range we missed both of those opportunities in that spot and you know we ended up losing the uh f- the football game but like i was saying in the in the knee jerk reaction was that um you know I, I couldn't I couldn't I could tell you what happened but I couldn't explain it because I just I don't understand how the hell we were we were still in this thing. The only explanation was the defense and uh, there was one more theory that I had uh as to why we were still in it and I share it with you here on the final knee jerk reaction for the overtime period. Knee jerk reaction overtime bears and the Saints and I don't know why I'm upset. We shouldn't have been here in the first place. We did not deserve to take the Saints into overtime. We didn't deserve it. Not even a little bit. The way that we played 
somehow we came to the end and sent this thing into overtime. Um, <laughs> we were able to get the ball back from the Saints uh, in the overtime period, and then just, just, I don't know. Honestly, I don't. We did. Nick Foles got sacked twice in three plays. We had to punt the ball back. Um, I can tell you, we had our chances to win this game twice in overtime. Twice. Once in each drive, um, Drew Brees threw an interception that Roquan Smith dropped in the first drive. Eddie Jackson dropped in the second one. We had our chances. Okay? And if Eddie Jackson, who was in stride, reminded me a lot of that... um, Interception he made against the Lions Thanksgiving Day in 2018 where he caught the ball in stride like Matt Stafford was throwing it to him. He caught the if he catches it in stride, he's off to the nobody catches him. It's a touchdown, it's game over, it's the Bears win. Instead, we're now losers of two in a row. Uh where we've lost the first two games of this tough three-game stretch that didn't look good for us. And now we get to go on the road and play the Tennessee Titans, uh, who just got beat by the Cincinnati Bengals. Don't tell me they're not going to be super pissed and motivated to really take it out on the Bears next Sunday. Uh, I, I shudder to think what a massacre that might actually end up looking like. Um, I, I, I just, oh my God, it makes me sick to my stomach to even think about it, but We had our chances. Like I said, we didn't deserve to get to overtime. The only reason, the only explanation I have would have been the explanation I'd have given if we'd actually won the game. Today is November 1st, the 21st anniversary of Walter Payton's death. Thought maybe uh, Sweetness was giving us a hand from up up on high, but uh, it's only so much help he could give us, and he left the rest of the Bears, and they couldn't pull it off, so... Rest in peace, sweetness. The Bears fall to five and three. We head into the second half of the season to see what we can do now. <laughs> That's two years in a row that the Saints ruin uh, a Walter Payton day of, of sorts. I mean, last year it was, well, it was more Matt Nagy ruining it than anything with his, uh, you know, f- seven runs on Walter Payton day and 54 passes and, and that pathetic post-bye week showing uh, against the Saints last year where no Drew Brees, no Alvin Kamara, and we still got smoked uh, by the Saints in that one. Uh, this one, it was no Michael Thomas, and it was the Alvin Kamara show, and we still couldn't stop him, uh, which is sad. I mean, uh, only I shuddered to think what would have happened if uh, Emmanuel Sanders was out there, if uh, uh, m- you know Michael Thomas was out there. They might have just eaten us alive uh, in, in this football game, so who knows, but... Uh, <sighs> It's uh, like I said, I, I thought maybe it would um, maybe that's what it would have been. I, I, that's what I would have said if um, if we had won, then it was sweetness that uh, that's the explanation. That's the X factor there, because there's no other explanation for the fact that the Bears were still in this thing, especially after we took off the entire third quarter. You know, it just it just didn't make any sense. And, you know, so that maybe something uh, cosmic was involved in 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 where we were and, and how we were still in a position to send this thing to overtime. In a position to still send this thing to um, 
to overtime. So, I mean, it just, it was, uh, you know, quite a thing. And um, like I said, I don't know why I was upset that we lost. Uh, With the way that we played, we didn't really deserve to have the opportunities that we had. And, you know, then, like I said, we had those opportunities in that opening drive, two turnover opportunities that we failed to close down on. Uh, the two interceptions uh, as well. The Eddie Jackson one, nobody was going to catch him. As fast as Eddie Jackson is, nobody would have caught him. And, um, you know, unfortunately, they slipped through the fingers figuratively and literally in those situations and gave the Saints opportunities, and they ended up winning the uh, football game. So we fall to 5-3, and three, and like I said, we have the Saints uh, on the road this coming Sunday. And, um, you know, we have a better road record than we do a home victor, a home record uh, right now where I think we're two and two at home, a three and one on the road. And, uh, you know, hopefully that road prowess will will kick in for us so that we can uh, steal a victory from the Titans. And um, I'm hoping that my Titans guy, when we talk to him, it's the host of uh, Locked on Saints, whose name, unfortunately, I'm forgetting at the moment. Uh, but he'll be joining us uh, on Thursday to preview the game. Maybe he'll be able to tell us what Cincy did uh, to, uh, to to neutralize the uh, the Titans. But this is also a team that's lost two in a row now. They lost last week in the Battle of Undefeateds to the Steelers. Not a big surprise there. Somebody had to win that game, uh, and somebody had to lose it. And um, But to go from losing to the Steelers to getting housed on the road at Cincinnati by a one and five and one team. That's something else entirely. So I don't know if it was just a, I don't know, you know, I don't think that they respect the bears enough to call Cincy a trap game. Like they got caught looking ahead to us uh, or anything like that. Um, But we'll have our, our guest on the show to help us break it down and then tell us what it was that the saints, or excuse me, that the, uh, the, the Cincy Bengals did in order to beat up the, uh, to beat up the Titans that maybe give us a little ray of hope that we might be able to do the same thing. So so there you have it, guys. I think we'll close the book on week number eight. Shut the door on the first uh, half of the season. Three and one in the first quarter. Two and two in the second quarter. Same as 2018 if, uh, if you guys want to be optimistic uh, about that. But uh, the complete opposite, though. We started the second quarter in 2018 0-2 and then one two straight to close out the uh, second quarter uh, before we headed into a, uh, I think, an undefeated fourth quarter, or third quarter, excuse me. I think we went uh, 4-0 and in the third quarter. We'll see if we can pull that off. We got the Titans, we have the Vikings, we have a bye, then we have the Packers. Um, I think then we have the Lions after the Packers as well. So uh, it's... Uh, We've got we've got five division games, and we've got the the Titans, the Texans. We got the we got five division games and the AFC South. That is the second half of our schedule. So we got two games with the Packers, two games with the Vikings, one with the Lions, the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Titans. That's the second half uh, of our schedule. So we'll see how it goes. We're already zero and one against the AFC South. We just finished the NFC South uh, portion of the schedule where we were 
three and one. We had a chance to declare ourselves the NFC South champs if we'd have won that game against the uh, Saints, but three and one against the division, I'll take that for sure, uh, especially with one of those victories being over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and everything. But, um, you know, we move forward on to the second half of the schedule. We start the third quarter of the season uh, against the Titans uh, on Sunday in a game that we have to have. We have to win this game. So uh, to, to move to 6-3, and three, uh, to keep pace with everyone else in the NFC and, uh, you know, keep ourselves in, in hopes for a playoff run. So anyway, come on back on Thursday. We'll preview Bears-Titans for week number nine. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.